You're listening to the Scottish Football Forums podcast, the home of Scottish football banter. Hello and welcome to the Scottish Football Forums podcast. I'm Chris, I'm the host, and tonight I'm joined once again by Laurie and John. Hi guys. Evening. Evening. Back for the second week in a row. Indeed, yeah. That's a positive start to the season. I'll just do what uh, Greg used to do. I'll just come on when hearts win. Aye, that's what I told you I did last year already. When I was even worrying, I was going on. It's working. I mean, uh, we'll get to it, but I think the, the, the top three that's uh, currently in the Premiership will probably be the top three coming into the season as well. I mean, this is Kubi Diskip, the winner's podcast. We were talking about that and saying that um, top four is what I predicted at the start of the season anyway, as it stands just now. So I think I've not got money on a top four, but I would have said just end the season now. Just finish. I don't think it's going to be too far off, even the bottom. (laughs) Yeah, well, one team anyway. I've not seen enough of this, I know. But yeah, um, long way to go. We have a, a full card of all four divisions this time. Uh, we can look back at it. We'll have a charity bet discussion, unfortunately. Uh, and, and then there's a bunch of predictions to make at the end of the podcast because we've got midweek fixtures as well as the weekend. So we'll start off with the, the, the weekend's action. And uh, I must admit, I've never seen much of it until Sports Scene yesterday. But, um, I've never seen much of it then. <laughs> <laughs> I will, I'll come to that as well. But, uh, so, yeah, but we, we, we may as well start off with uh, what was probably the game of the weekend, Hearts and Dundee. Yeah, well, only it's only full game I saw, so I, I'd probably be biased and say that I would put it that way. It was another terrific open game. I mean, there was seven goals in our opening game this season, and there probably could easily have been the same amount again. It was a incredibly end-to-end sort of uh, game in the old, I, I think I summarised at the end by saying I hate to use a horrible cliche, but it was a game of two halves, because yeah, Dundee were by miles the better team in the first half um, Robbie if there's one criticism I'd aim at Robbie Nielsen I wouldn't aim too many at him, it's, he does like to maybe overthink things a little too much, and he decided to start with a 4-1-2-1-2 or a a four four two with a diamond in the middle, if, if you like, but it was a a diamond with no width in the the centre at all. So he had our our back four, and he put um, Alim Uzturk in the holding role in midfield, which he's never played before, and it was very obvious he'd never played that before. And then the two centre midfielders were Boabin and Gomez, who of course of course are both central midfielders. They're certainly not wide midfielders by any stretch of the imagination. Jimmy Walker in the hole, number 10 position, and Osman Sowen up front, and it just it didn't work at all. We had no width in the middle of the park. Dundee exposed it time and time again. Um, the likes of the two fullbacks, McGinn and Kevin Holt, were getting up constantly. Greg Stewart was terrific. He was um, dropping out wide, coming in on his left foot. He was the architect of their goal, which took less than five minutes. Um, lovely ball in, but criminal defending in our six-yard box, allowing... Kane Hemmings a free header and they could have scored four in the first half bizarrely we should have scored two ourselves Landman Walker both both missed sitters um, great one on one chance for Walker after a lovely layoff by Juanman Juanma himself with a header which he should have buried from about three or four yards 
but at half time I was quite chuffed that we only won up and had to pull off a couple of great saves thought he made up for his uh, ropey game last week a couple of terrific near post saves to, to keep us in it and then the shot from McGowan that was yeah. it was McGowan that was the one yeah, yeah, I thought I thought it was in the whole kind of stadium. Thought it was in as well. Dundee cheered as if it, if it was a goal, and he he did really well to scramble back and not only get a, his hand to it, but uh, keep it off the line because he was kind of falling into the net as he got there. So yeah, terrific save. And yeah, we had to change things up at half time, and we did. Uh, Oshaniwa making his debut, moved into midfield. Alim back in his centre-back position. Rossi back over to left-back. He'd started in the centre. He obviously played left-back against St Johnston and it suddenly, just straight away, 30 seconds in the second half, we came uh, barreling up the field, almost scored uh, a low cut back across the box. Oshaniwa just couldn't quite get there. And I just set the tone for the second half. We just went at them. Um, got a goal uh, fairly quickly with a penalty. Uh, I couldn't tell whose hand it hit at the time, but it was obviously off uh, former Hybe, James McPaik. Hearts uh, Cup uh, Cup final hero. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean there wasn't there wasn't too many the, the reaction of the Dundee fans. It seems like everyone could see a hand come flailing up and hit the ball. Um, I, I've seen the replays. I think it's one of these. The way he waves his hand up as he jumps for it is a bit silly. I don't think he can really argue too much. And a well taken penalty after Osman so was very poor one last week. So he was off the field by that point anyway. And then a lovely finish for 2-1. Wanma just sort of, he was hanging back as was a bit of a stromash about 25 yards from goal. And when he picked it up, he just rushed in on goal, slipped it past the defender, and it's a really cool finish. And um, he was brilliant the whole game, held the ball up superbly. Um, a couple of moments where the ball just came firing up to him and just killed it with his chest. Like within one movement, managed to chest it down and set uh, Sam Nicholson through. So it looks like a really good acquisition. I was just chuffed with the second half. I mean, it's Dundee could have been out of sight at half time. So I think Robbie will maybe have to think about his experimenting a bit because on another yeah on another day we maybe not, wouldn't have had the chance to change it and get back in the game. But credit to him for changing it at half time. He realised what he'd done wrong, and he will always be open to to moving things around, but maybe a bit too much often. But yeah, really good entertainment, very enjoyable game. Maybe some poor defending on both sides at times, but. I'd rather have two ones and four four three wins than uh, a one nil with no chances. Yeah, maybe maybe Nielsen change it because Dundee are quite narrow in midfield. I think that's what he was trying to do. I think he was trying to try combat that the onus was obviously going to be on the fullbacks to get forwards. Oshaniwa and I mean Patterson. Patterson got forward quite a bit. I think Oshaniwa it was his debut. He looked fit, uh, but he didn't look sort of uh, match sharp. You can tell that he's not had a game for a while. Uh, a couple of moments he, he looked, you could tell his quality, put in a couple of decent tackles, but he just didn't look ready for a game, I would say, yet. I think he'll settle in. And it's certainly left back, like Dundee tried to expose it, they did go at us down that side quite a bit. Greg Stewart came out to that side, McGinn, McGowan was going out to that side, so he was getting swamped at times. And the problem is, when you've got no left midfielder, there isn't really anyone to cover without, I mean, you can draw Ali in from the centre, but it's. You, you can't have him out there all the time covering, so it, it didn't really work at all. And the problem was in the middle of the park, you have Mor- Morgado and Prince, and they obviously want to be in the centre to kind of dictate and play. But because there was no wide midfielders, they were sort of getting dragged apart. Not not enough to be wide midfielders, but enough that they were leaving open in the centre. And it just there was just space all over the place for Dundee. And, um, they could have run riot if it was a save, wasn't for Alexander, and maybe a bit of poor finishing on their part as well. 
So hopefully I'll learn Robbie Nielsen. And I guess, I suppose it's the opposite of what we had under Gary Locke, where he just wouldn't change anything ever in terms of personnel or tactics. You know, Jamie Hamill was guaranteed a start in a flat um, formation every week, and it was, uh, I suppose it was worse that way. But we'll get him to come on it soon, I'm sure. So yeah, it's positive in some ways that Robbie Nielsen does like to assess other teams, assess games, take them on a sort of match-by-match basis, but you've probably both seen it with your own teams before. Sometimes there's too much tinkering in terms of positioning. You don't want your centre-back, your captain, suddenly playing a holding midfield role that he's never done before and trying formations. that The only other time I can remember us playing it was against Cowden Beef. And yeah, fair enough, we won that, but that was Cowden Beef. <laughs> we beat them 10-0 one game. I mean, this is a whole different ball game. Did you have any doubts of the... Well, I suppose a couple of things, like the penalty... Zero thing about the penalty, right? Of the only difference I seen between that and the Celtic one, the, but obviously that uh, this one ever got, is a Dundee player was facing the ball, whereas Lustig was not facing the ball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, would, I would tend to agree with that. I, I, I don't See, think you, the Dundee player knew too much about it. Uh, there is still that ball moving towards, or, sorry, hand moving towards the ball motion. I think, I'm, I'm, I think the referee got them both right personally. I mean, if you look at the McPake one, he is jumping and looking towards the ball and his arm then comes out. I know what you're saying, that it's that, that maybe the difference is that he had his back to it, but whereas with the Celtic one, I think Lustig's got his eyes on the ball. He's trying to get there, he's jumping up. As you jump, your your arms are always going to go out and he's got no idea where the ball is when it comes back in. It's fine margins, though. I mean, many will argue that the Dundee one... The one for us against Dundee was harsh. Um, some will argue that it should have been a, a penalty for for um, Park Thistle as well. So it, uh, there is fine margins. It is one of these you can read the rules either way. I think, can't you? It's, it's just how you interpret them in the end. I know, we're needing Craig's rule book or Neil McCann's rule book, as it was. I've <laughs> had that. I've had that rule book out a few times. Yeah, but the, still none the, the wiser. The the hand moving towards the ball things a bit I remember. And uh, to be honest, that happened to both. That, that's so, what. I would say. I would say the only difference was the fact that Lustig has his back turned. Yeah. And it looks yeah, a bit more, a bit, looks a bit more clever. It's, it's hard uh, to argue whether Lustig meant it or if he's backed it. As Laurie says, defenders are going to jump like that and they'll be taught to jump like that. Yeah. In the chance that aye, something does happen because we all discuss it every week probably, contentious decisions. Referees probably are a bit of doubt in their mind as well. Back on maybe the... def- I was maybe defending referees there. What happened there? <laughs> well, oh, well, no, I mean, as well, I call him not the referee for the Super Cup. Yeah, the UEFA Super Cup this week. <laughs> oh, I did. Yeah, I heard that actually. I think so, uh, aye, let's not let's not talk up referees I too like, much because I'm sure he'll make a horlicks for that this week. You can ask John. There's only one team in history have ever taken the Super Cup seriously. Oh, aye. <laughs> Star. Yeah. I Barcelona will be looking to get that star in their shirt, will they not? There's nothing <laughs> quite as big as the old Super Cup. I, we've got, I think we've got it copyrighted, to be fair. Have we copyrighted that star? <laughs> in fairness, the Super Cup didn't exist when Celtic won the European Cup, and uh, it was unofficial when Rangers won the Cup Winners Cup. It's the European version of the uh, Community Shield, that's all it is. Yeah, exactly. Back on the, quickly back on the Dundee and Hearts game, I was going to I was gonna say there was a, but since we're talking about a, Spaniards as well. Obviously, we've talked about Juanma, who's made an impact. The um, Dundee centre back, Yulen uh, Echebeguren, who I remember we were oh, there it is. debating last week how we say his name. Thanks to Derek Gray for confirming that to me. Although, 
how you get it all how you get it all out in one flowing sentence. I don't know. I'm sure he'll manage it a lot better than I do. What about the back of the top? <laughs> I, I think he's got, he's got his Etcha uh, Beguren on it. The E T X A B E G U R E N. I think the last one's just the. Um, I think it's just the, is it just the Spanish uh, maternal they usually have at the end, like like Payano's, oh, uh, um Gonzalez at the end and stuff. But that, oh, was, I was looking at that signing when I was doing my match preparation. It's quite interesting. Um, two years ago, he was uh, Real Sociedad, and he was actually in their Champions League squad for 2013-14. Really? Nice. Alongside the likes of Inigo Martinez, uh, Antoine Griezmann, Carlos Vela, he was part of that squad. And then, I think he had a few injuries. He decided he was going to give up football. He came over to Scotland to do his master's degree in electronic engineering. <laughs> he was coming to the end of his course um, halfway through last season, decided to have a wee, wee kick about trying to have a, get back into football a little bit. So he was playing with East Fife, played 50 matches at the end of last season and then <laughs> got picked up by Dundee. So it was a, an interesting up and down for, for someone, isn't it? Born in Madrid, Champions League squad two years ago. Does a master's degree, East Fife. Now he's at Dundee, so he's sort of in between, isn't he? That's in between Sociedad and and uh, East Fife, isn't it? Dund- did, did, he, did he pass his course? So <laughs> I don't know. I, I, see, so Boris, he, he, he could never sign for Celtic because Ronnie Bell is banned chips. <laughs> so basically, what we're saying is that he can't pass a medical in Spain, but the Scottish medics will pass him. Well, I don't know if it was injuries. It wasn't exactly clear if he'd uh, if it was he was written off, or it, it seemed to suggest that he was offered a new deal. Something I read said he was offered a new deal at Sociedad, but he decided he was gonna he was gonna throw in the towel. So interesting. Just, I just find it quite interesting. He's only he's only twenty four as well, so he's certainly got time ahead of him. And I actually thought he had a good first half. Um, again, as the sort of night and day. If <laughs> the game is Dundee, everyone was having a good first half. Everyone at Hearts was having a poor one, and then apart from Alexander in the second half, roles reversed. But in terms of our signings, I think the main thing that's really positive as well is that apparently most of our new signings aren't match fit yet. Most of them didn't have a proper pre-season. The likes of Juanma um, hasn't really got going yet, apparently fitness-wise, but he's not doing too badly. So I'm it's quite not bad for somebody that's no fit. Sorry, I was going to say I'm quite pleased with it business that, that Robbie's done so far anyway obviously we're only two games in so early days but uh, so far so good I think from the highlights last night oh Hemmings looks a good signing for Dundee yeah. mm-hmm. well he had yeah. a terrific season at Cowdenbeath didn't he and, yeah and uh, that's well, Greg Stewart well. yeah well Greg Stewart's another one who's got a, a really terrific story as well you know he was actually released from Rangers and, and Hearts because of his, his height and that was before he was even 16 and he was um, he actually had to play for an amateur team Syngenta Amateurs who uh, were playing in an Edinburgh Under-21 league and that was until 2010 and then Jimmy Nicol took a chance on him and I, I think he barred in a whole heap of goals for Cowden Beath and, and before you know it he's Player of the Year nomination Players Player of the Year nomination in Scotland so it's I think things stories like that are good because often it takes a step back you know you hear about a lot of players thinking they've made it you know they get their contract when they're younger but I think it's often the making of some of these players when they have to take a step back maybe uh you know, get a good sort of perspective on things. Um, but I quite like those stories. I do, you know, when they've, they kind of come from nowhere and suddenly they're, I know it's only Scottish Premiership, but it's a, a good level, I suppose, certainly in this country. We spoke about Greg Stewart a fair bit last year. It just shows you know as well the difference between a player when he's playing part-time to when he goes full-time. Mm-hmm. 
the difference it makes yeah. for some players. If they've got the obviously if they've got the right attitude. Yeah, if you're training. How much he's come on? Because I think it could be he's probably a, yeah, a good player. But I mean, it, he's probably what it, he was up for playing year awards last year. His first full season at what twenty four. Yeah, I know it's, it's it's terrific. I think it was it was refreshing to see someone like that nominated because I mean maybe Chris won't agree, but sometimes it's a bit it is a bit predictable and dull the the sort of nominations. And I, I mean, I suppose you can't argue that it's often the the team who win the league. You know. Uh, not not really much of a shock that they tend to have the players who've been performing best and on a consistent basis, but it is good to see players like that getting recognition as well. No, I would tend to agree. It's it's, it's good. It, it, it's hard to give them the award because yeah. usually the best player is coming from the team that's won the league, and that's why they've won the league because they've had the best player. They should have a best but, newcomer to the league. That's not a bad idea, actually. That would be good. Yeah, yeah. So something something a bit and, different. And, the other thing, you always get what player of the year awards per club as well. Or it is, it's only at the club level, it's not exactly the same as, as the, the award for the league. But I quite like even. the Players Player of the Year award. I, yeah. I always find that a bit more interesting because you know it's voted for by obviously their, their, them, you know, their, their, peers. All yeah. their peers and other teams. And I do find that one a bit more interesting, um, which is what he was nominated for, wasn't it? It was the Players Player of the Year he got nominated. I think so. Eh? Eh. You're right. So yeah, fair, fair understand. Um, I think we've probably discussed the Dundee Hearts game enough now. Uh, will, will we just pull a sports scene here and skim over the other games on from, from Saturday? <laughs> another, uh, Ross County and Hamilton, another poor penalty, Ali Crawford. Yeah, it wasn't great, was it? <laughs> it was a poor one. It's uh, we were we were hopeless at penalties last year. It's uh, I don't know if I know keepers getting better or players getting worse. It seems to see a lot no, more. No, players getting worse. <laughs> Some of these penalties are shocking. Aye, he had it a perfect height for the keeper. It's not the worst penalty I've seen, but he certainly had an ideal height for the keeper. I was about to say, I think I saw a worse penalty very recently, actually. <laughs> <laughs> no one watching on a Friday? Oh yeah, well. Can nah, we, we, don't talk, can we, we don't talk about the championship anymore, remember? We probably should, because that penalty's honking. Well, aye. Uh, I, think I, I don't think I was the only person who went on Twitter and had a... <laughs> a slag comment about javelins and poles in training and maybe Stephen Thompson's better at aiming those <laughs> no it, pr- it probably took off at the same trajectory right enough yes it was it was pretty awful I, I actually really enjoyed the the Rangers St Mirren game I have to say and I I, I really hadn't planned on that happening I, I, I stuck it on for a bit and I was like I'll have a wee look at it and I just I thought it's, it's like night and day watching Rangers now I mean yes they were Pretty open at the back at times, but you know, being a Hearts fan the last two games, I can hardly uh, I can sympathise with that. But I thought it was just I thought it was good to watch. I think, but I thought it was open for both teams. Um, and I'm impressed with Rangers are set up. As I mentioned before, I think they will win that league, and I think it will be fairly comfortable. Possibly not as comfortable as it was for us last season. I think Warburton set them up really well, and it is it's like the opposite. They're you know moving the ball about quickly. You know, got strikers who come in, drop deep, and link up and all over the park I, I was actually pleased to see Jason Holt playing well because it never quite happened from Hearts and I was a bit worried that when it would go for him because I think it was going to be risky if players would want to take a punt on him when they knew they would have to pay us compensation and I think there must have been some level of um, understanding when we took what £70,000 for him for someone who we'd rated quite highly at one point so I was, I was pleased, to, pleased to see him doing well and yeah, I really like uh, Tavernier. 
right back despite obviously giving away the penalty. So I thought it was an entertaining game. How did St Mirren look? Um, it was hard to... They weren't bad. I mean, Rangers were controlling a lot of the play. They um, they broke quite quickly a couple of times. Um, they looked better than they did last season, I thought. <laughs> Put it that way. That wouldn't be hard. No, <laughs> would not. But yeah, Stephen Thompson's penalty. Is that one of the worst? I thought it was even worse than Lisbon's. Charlie, Charlie Adam, I remember recently. Not long ago. That's just pretty bad. Oh, aye, aye, the Charlie Adam one. Aye, enough. I suppose it's obvious for a bad thing to say as well, because that's exactly where the ball went. The worst I've ever seen, well, I wouldn't say the worst penalties I've ever seen, but Martin Palermo for Argentina when he missed a hat trick of penalties in a game. Like, how would you even, like, why, miss, why would you, you miss one? You miss one, you maybe get, would you give the second chance, right. but then to let him hit three penalties. Like, what sort of power did he have in that team at that point, that game? I think the worst ones are, I, I did see a video not long ago of the worst Panenkas and. I think there's nothing worse if a player tries a Panenka and the keeper doesn't move and catches it. I think that is like the ultimate humiliation. Uh, As a couple of them would do it, I mean, I think most of them are games I don't recognise are on the continent somewhere. But I'm pretty sure it was a it was a player in England who did it in a shootout. It was maybe in the Carling Cup or something. It was was it for Leicester when they were still in the lower tiers. Anyway, I think that is the ultimate humiliation because you are trying to be a smart arse when you do it. And it's fair enough when it works, but if you try and be a smart arse and you get caught out, you you deserve all the humiliation, don't you? Uh, I'll be too early to talk about Motherwell ruining the charity a bit. No, nope, might be as well, go on. No, I was going to come, I was going to come to that just after we mentioned, um, you know how we were saying Rangers are going to squish that league, they might have a bit more of a challenge. Where's that challenge coming from? Because it doesn't look like it's going to be the Road. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, I, uh, yeah, yeah. Maybe they will get more points than us. I suppose so, it's more the fact that we were... I don't necessarily think they'll be coasting so far ahead. You know, although it was 21 points ours in the end. You know, the, the fact that it's, it's ridiculous that Celtic won the top flight by almost the same amount of points that we won the second tier in the end because as much as we always kept saying it's not over till it's over, it did feel like we'd effectively won the championship by pretty much, yeah. I don't know, January time because... But, I think the difference was that Aberdeen's gap behind Celtic grew in the last few yeah. games, whereas both, Ra- because... both Rangers and Hibs were battling out for second spot um, and trying um, to get that and, and we were getting the a... points on the board. The news were just coasting at that point. We so. were having a kick about at that point, yeah. yeah. So I, I think the likes of I think teams like St Mirren will chalk up a fair amount of points. Um, but yeah, you know, you're right. I mean, I suppose when I think about just the actual points gap, I think maybe Rangers could exceed that points gap it's just I get the feeling that it won't be as you know I don't know if it'll be sewn up as quickly I, I don't know I think it will that's what I said in that way already because I mean Hearts were able to win quite a lot in that it's only one game well no Rangers have already cuffed Hibs 6-2 and they've just beat St Martin 3-1 that's their two main rivals already and oh. th- th- this is a Rangers team that are still rebuilding and Hibs the result I mean this <laughs> And Hibs getting beat off Dumbarton for the first time in 31 years or whatever was I read earlier on it's just Typical, that's... Hibs have got to get out of that division again. <laughs> and they played Scott Allen the whole game. I, I think the Rangers have played a blinder with that. And whatever you think of it, I think they've... Yeah, they've I, unsettled him, certainly. But whether he moves to Rangers or not, he's unsettled. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, that's all they needed to do, wasn't it? I mean, I think... 
I get the feeling that I don't think Hibs would sell. I've said it before. I don't think Hibs will sell to them because it would undermine everything good that the board have done, the new board. But I think he'll be a Rangers player. I get the feeling he'll be a Rangers player, whether it's um, January or the the end of the season. It'd be interesting to see what happens in January if he's still at Hibs and Rangers are squishing the league. I mean, and he's not performing, which might happen because he does seem like a temperamental. But and he's yeah. and he's got a history of it. I mean, he, he yeah. wanted out of Dungeon United because he wouldn't give him a, a pay rise after what you could count. I think he was still counting the amount of appearances he's had on one hand, can you? It was, it was mental. Uh, the, the only doubt I've got is if Hibs can sell him to somebody else. Yeah. I think I he probably wants to go to Rangers. That's, no, the, that's the thing. I, I, don't, I don't see how Scott yeah. Allen's going to go anywhere else if he's set, if his heart's set in Rangers. For Hibs could agree terms with one team and he'll just go on and go, nah, don't want to for him. Was it not just, Rotherham bid four hundred and twenty-five thousand? That was a rumour, which, which is more, rumor, which is more than Rangers bid, um, and I think it's more than United bid in January as well. It's been re- rejected. That if was we the get, if we get to the if we are getting to the end of August, Alan's not performing. They can't sell him to Rangers. They don't have to pay his wages. They know what's going to happen a year anyway. You know what, Robbie? We could do a <laughs> centre midfielder, <laughs> little loan deal. You know, Hibs don't have to pay the wage then. Alan gets away from Hibs at the moment where it's all not going too well. You know, Rangers can get their man in a year and Hearts get a bit more. No, I, I'm I'm trolling a little bit there, but you know. <laughs> well, you seen a bit more of him last season than, than the rest of us. What? How good Jenk is? I like him. He's a good player. Um, he he performed really well in uh, certainly a couple of derbies. He was an important player. I, I think there's a little bit overreaction about how good he is. I mean, in terms of, like a lot of people said, you know, the guy's 24 now and he's had one good season and it was in the second tier of Scottish football. Um, you know, there is a step up and I don't know if he did it enough. I mean, and obviously I can only base it on the games I saw, but reading some of the Hibs fans' comments, I always got the the picture that some games he wasn't doing enough. That, you know, when he was performing, he was brilliant and he could, you know, pick passes. And I I've saw, I've saw that firsthand, he could pick a pass. I remember at Tynecastle when he was just running the show the first half and their goal came from him just picking it up at 40 yards from goal at an angle and he just whipped the ball right across the front of our defenders for um, Cummings just to knock it in. And that was, so that's what he's capable of. But I suppose as those flair type of players can be, he was sort of on and off at times. And personally, I thought maybe Jamie Walker did it more consistently. But that's just my opinion. So I can answer that because I know the, I know the answer to that. Why do I hear Alan Stubbs? <laughs> I'm just wondering myself. <laughs> it's because, oh dear, I was, I'd went onto a site to see about, just to reassure myself, yeah, Alan, Rotherham and Hibs had talks, but then Scott Allen told, just told Hibs or Rotherham, whoever, he doesn't want to go to England, so there's only one place mm. he wants to go. Yep. Fair, I said this on Twitter to someone, have you, have you seen Steve, Steve Evans before? He's a big Celtic fan as well. Could you imagine him trying to? Tell, imagine if Alan told him in a year's time, "I want to go to Rangers." I would not want to be in that that room. That happens. And right. just talking about, talking about look up Steve Evans. He's off his nut. Right, we should probably touch on these other games. Yeah. I don't remember anything about the Ross County Hamilton game. All on Ross County one two now, which was half the charity bit. What about you signing? Scored a double. <sighs> That's probably pleasing for them. We need to wait till Andy's on because Andy will. Andy's right. the. Ross County informant. Yep. Ross County informant. Yeah, right, he, he knows about Inverness as well, and they obviously had that last gasp uh, equaliser against them, St Johnson, for uh, one each, which scuppered a few bets and 
I was going to I would say including mine as well, but I had four home wins, so my bet was totally garbage because there's one home one. Because Motherwell managed to lose, which scuppered their charity bet, thanks to an own goal, <laughs> and then the keeper getting caught up a park in the last minute for a second one. And then Dale Hilson never even started. And Dale Hilson never started at all for Queen of the South. So that scuppered the, the first goal scorer bet. So we're going to need to pick better this time. I've got, I've got my pick already anyway. Well, we'll, come, we'll come back we'll to come the to end because I, I, I think I know what it is. Aye. It's, it's, it's a good shoot. So. Wasn't so it yeah, that was, Craig Curran was signed in January, I think, wasn't it? was he? I thought he yeah. was signed in summer. You know, one of their like, copious amounts of players that they brought in in January to basically turn their season around, I think he was one of those. Cause I remember signed too many players. Yeah, but was, uh, cracking second goal it was a, a great run from Fraser, defender getting through. But yeah, I mean, like yourselves, if you're relying on sports scene highlights, it's very difficult to get a proper idea yeah. of the game. Th- this this is the problem. Sports scene has managed to get worse this season. Did you watch it at all last night? Aye, uh, I watched it. Utter nonsense. And they spent more time interviewing people that were fans at the St Johnson game than they did showing the St Johnson game. Uh, like I say, I don't remember the Ross County Hamilton game. They probably skimmed over that. I don't. I, I, it was almost like they were squeezing all the Premiership games as quickly as possible to get to the Championship. And even then, they only showed one game for the Championship. I just spoke to Stuart McCall for too much for my liking. Aye, that didn't help. Do you know what always annoys me about like sports scene? I just never find you get anything from it that you don't get from just watching their highlights on the site. They don't. They, no. I, never, I never found any analysis that gave you any insight to the game at all. Which is, you know, yeah. Tell me, yeah, okay, yeah. Look, that was a good cross for that goal. And it's like, well, yeah, I'm watching that. It's not radio, you know. If if you t- just tell me, oh yeah, it was a good move for that goal. Yeah, three passes strung together and then a good side foot finish. Oh yeah, I, I saw that. That's what you just showed me. I don't need you. Uh, it's Craig Patterson all over. Yeah, TV co-commentator, and all he does is tell you what, the, what right. you just saw, word for word. Oh, Jesus, it's, 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 it's very, very poor. It doesn't help on a Sunday that it's then followed by match of the day too, which is presented by Chappers, and it's still miles better than that yeah. we get. I mean, the thing you want from these shows is analysis on things that you maybe you didn't get to see from um, highlights. You know, you know, yeah. positional play, who was, you know tactical things that you because you don't get it from a, a clip you can't it's almost like you know when you're watching a game live on TV you often don't get it because you can't see off the ball stuff often so it's that's the kind of thing that you want from people who are getting paid to analyse games for you Yeah. see to be honest all I want is what, sort of 45 50 minute programme these days just show 5 minutes from each game as much as possible you get 10 games out of that yeah, that's you can show the entire like... premiership of 4 out of 5 uh, in fact, you go fifty. Make it a fifty-five minute program. You can show five minutes of each game and never bother with any analysis. Oh, yeah. Just have not, somebody commentating over. Yeah, if you're not going to analyse it properly or do anything, then don't bother just talking, aim, you know, endlessly for no reason. I mean, I get that. Yeah, either show more football or give us something that'll add yeah. to it. Don't just, you know, it's just the usual pointless comments which would work fine for radio when people haven't been able to see anything. But when you've shown highlights, there's no point in just telling us what we've just seen again. It's a waste of time. And I, I don't watch it at all anymore, so that's just me from what I remember it was like. The only reason I still watch it is because it's more convenient to sit and watch all the games on a Sunday night than it is to try and squeeze them into my lunch hour on Monday for this podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Otherwise, I just sit and watch them on the website. Because I agree, I, I'm not really interested in all their analysis because it's usually pointless stuff I've already seen. There's no insight. I get more insight. Literally, I get more insight off Craig when he digs out his book. They miss, out, they miss out so much as well. Though. You spoke, speak to people that have been at games yeah. and they're like, oh, did, did you see that off the side decision? See that disallowed goal and all that? And you're like, what? What? 
No, that, that, we didn't see that. It's just crap. Rubbish. I, 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 I can notice that myself, even if I'm watching like, one of the live games during like, uh, what, what Sky or BT Sport are showing it, and then I'll watch the highlights later and go, oh, they missed this bit. Oh, they missed that bit enough. And that, that's just me sitting watching it in the daily. It's, it's just, it's, sports scene is just awful these days. And I watched that sports scene, that 40 uh, thing by uh, Stuart Cosgrove last week. That was actually uh, quite I, good. I heard about it, but... It was, it was, a, it was a, a decent thing, and then it showed you about how sports scene used to be, where you were lucky to get one match. That's, that's what I remember. I remember sports scene used to be on the Saturday night, so you were getting it earlier than you do now. I had one game, it would tell you the results of the rest of it, and then you'd have to hope uh, Scott Sport had your game if it wasn't on the Saturday. Do you know what they should do with Scott's uh, sports scene? They should have Cosgrove and Tam Kilwin present it. It'd be far better. God, no. Do you remember that offside show that Ah, I like that. Oh, did you? Aye. It would be better what we've got, I think, is the better point. Better what we've got is garbage, so... Cosgrove or... Just, I think Cosgrove's Just scrap good. it. Just, just, just scrap the whole thing and just show what the, the video highlights. Just knit them all together into a 55-minute programme. You can show both divisions. Job done. Oh, tell you what, oh, Chris, I almost had a bone to pit with you last night watching sports scene when you're mine. <laughs> Shinny's toe poke. What a good finish from no. the outside of the book. Right. That's what you want. I'll put my hands up for that one. Yep, the first time yeah. I seen it, I thought toe poke. The second time I seen it, I went, no, no, even better than a toe poke outside of the boot. But Aye. I don't mind the toe poke because I think when yeah. used correctly, the toe poke is a useful tool. I definitely. But you, you know, know Jimmy. You yourself quickly. But you know, I, I, you know I Jimmy Hill. <laughs> no, no, he didn't like a toe poke. That was the thing. I, I, I appreciate a toe poke when it's used correctly. But I'm like, yeah, you're right. And that, that's, 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 it was outside the boot, so it was even better. Uh, Perfect finish. You like to get an old person to I can see him getting a few goals this season. Mm, aye, I playing left back. Right. Uh, when he plays left back, I was going to say, did he play left back? Left he played left back, yeah. Uh, we made a few changes from the game against on Thursday. I, I actually forgot about the European games there. Are we even covering? We need to cover them at some point. Well, uh, there's not much to talk about with the Celtic game. It was just nine each. Aye. We, but, weren't, we, we weren't really threatened unless we fell asleep. And we never threatened because James Forrest is a... <clears throat> I'll maybe not say what I'm thinking. Uh, was he, uh, I noticed yesterday he, he, he wasn't even in the squad. Was no. he injured again? Or uh, just probably. Dropped? I just assume if he's not in the squad, he's probably injured. Aye, probably uh, a good assumption. But, I know, Shinny was playing left back again. Um, Quinn came in for Considine, and Flood came in for Pollock. Pollock was injured, mind you, but. Uh, I. Playing against Kilmarnock, dominated it. Um, Cross was... that, that, that's the key point, is we're playing against Kilmarnock, who are Aye. garbage. I've seen enough of Kilmarnock to be convinced they've gone down unless you start Gary Locke. Well, I, said, I did say last week I mean, we were tougher than you, Pierre, I thought, um, after the European game, but uh, it was 2 0 probably going on a few more, certainly. Um, plenty of chance. I think Kilmarnock had one, one chance. Scott Robinson. Bloody hell, they're lying terrible. Uh, They've had like one shot on goal in two games. I know, yeah, I heard that. They said they were trying to tighten things up yesterday. So they probably, yeah, wouldn't, yeah. probably wouldn't even go in yesterday to even try and get anything. It's quite interesting. I saw on um, Neri's Toe Poker, believe it or not, that, that blog, <laughs> apt name. I read um, the comments at the start of it, and I, I don't know if his quote is, is accurate or not, but um, he'd said that in the uh, basically slagging off Kamarnik part. Uh, uh, Daryl Westlake, the Kilmarnock uh, defender, said uh, before the game, 
I haven't seen Aberdeen, but I know they went out of Europe and maybe they might. this might be a positive thing for us. We've just got to stick to our game plan and hopefully we get the three points. Apparently told STV that. and <laughs> It was just basically questioning, so what, he hadn't seen the team that you're playing? Because is that not fairly standard these days Pretty that, much. You, that you watch? And I suppose it does pose the questions. As much as I do, I have a lot of respect for Gary Locke, and he, although he said a, a, a lot of limitations... Yeah, uh, and, and what he did sticking around my hearts, I thought he it was a tough time for him there. But tactically, there just was never much there, and it's it's very it's so much different now under Robbie Nielsen. I know that Robbie Nielsen, Dyla, and and certainly Derek McInnes and all those three are really focused on how the other team play. As I mentioned earlier, sometimes that can lead to overthinking. I know mm-hmm. that McInnes has done that. I think a couple of times himself actually with Aberdeen last season, maybe trying to tinker with things to combat certain areas but I know that they will focus on what the other team do, watching videos and discussing where their strengths are, where their weaknesses are, how they'll play, you know, where they'll focus the play on, you know, what side who will get up where, etc, etc and in the week you'll build to play that team, you know, you'll, you'll set up but uh, whether or not they are, I mean I, as I say I don't know, that's just a quote I read on his blog and whether or not it's accurate maybe they are looking at a lot of video analysis but just to say what, you haven't seen the opposition I mean, you, you would think that you're about to play them that you would have at least seen them. Plenty of chances to see it as well. And I think, is the sort of... I think you see Gary Locke as a, a motivator, a sort of man-manager, he'll get you G'd up, you know. It's it's little wonder that although we were terrible under him, we still won every time we played Hibs because he's a, <laughs> he's a proper hearts boy, you know, and he'll get everyone properly G'd up and he knows what that's... And it's those are the kind of games where you get carried through by almost the crowd, by the energy, the adrenaline that goes through it. But is it sort of a testament to it? Are these kind of man-managers, the the, the guys who aren't that th- thoughtful about the tactics, is it maybe is there less space for those these days? Because I think historically there was lots of managers who were very tactical, lots who were just, you know, let's get right up and at them. But Quite depends on who your coaches are as well. Yeah, true, yeah. I'm, I'm and when you've got Lee McCulloch as your yes, coach, you yeah. oh. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to pull you up on this one because I know for a fact that Hibs did beat you up and Gary Locke was in charge at least once. Once? Yep. I was exaggerating for a fact, but he won three out, four out of five that season, okay? Yep. The season where we finished bottom. And Look. the one they won, I fell asleep on the couch. <laughs> that was a penalty. The best thing about that game was that guy who disappeared behind the goal when Hibs scored their penalty, remember? <laughs> Oh yeah, that was, <laughs> that was the best. Yeah, it was. His favourite to go anyway. His favourite to be in that smarger at least. I mean, Bookie have five to two. No one no. Ten. Is he ever like so? Because lost ten at last eleven. You, you know what's going to happen though, don't you? If he goes, the next thing we'll do is promote Lee McCall. Well, we said that last dead. week, didn't we? Uh, that'll happen. The, exactly. the outside bet though for that smarger to go could be Paul Hartley if an English club comes in for him again. Uh, one, that depends how they do it, though, doesn't it? Because if he gets, he, he's unlikely to get sacked. That's manager to leave post. So Is it? Oh, well, that, well, that, could, that could be that could be anything. We talk with Hartley so. Well, yeah, I did an interview with him the other day. He was talking about Cardiff. Were interested, but he thought it was a wee bit too early last season. But uh, I don't know. It depends if it was the right club, right offer. <laughs> He's like, right. a progressive manager, so he, he probably wants to stick with Dundee a wee bit longer yet. See, maybe see if he can aim for Europe or something along those lines. I think see. he's quite. I think he's quite a sensible type. I think if something came along and he felt it wasn't the right time, because we've seen it before with well managers and players. You know, they they go too early or it's not quite the right 
opportunity at the time. Look at Derek McInnes. It, it didn't really happen from down south of Bristol, did it? But oh. it's, he's kicked on a lot since he's come back up here. So that's not to say he wouldn't leave, but I think he would be measured. I don't think he would just jump at any any old chance that came his way. No, I don't think Cardiff would have been the right job anyway with that chairman anyway. <laughs> like no. Paul Hartley's, he's uh, been in a, a Romanov team before, so I think he's probably learnt that <laughs> owners can be a very uh, negative impact on things. Well, uh, when they with Vincent Tan, surely it's uh, Derek McInnes who needs to go to Cardiff. <laughs> surely Jimmy Calderwood. Even better. Uh, Why is it Robert Dean and Tan managers? Uh, got, Derek McInnes just likes to go to Florida. Florida that's what uh, it is. Uh, but I uh, go back to Aberdeen yesterday. Uh, bit of improvement in terms of the crosses into box. I don't know if either of you seen the European game or got a chance to. Because it was just on I, TV. I saw a bit. I've, I've seen a couple of moments in it. Um, I've not I've not seen like proper bits of the game. I saw the Aberdeen goal and likes, but not not the full things. But certainly, I would undo it on Thursday. Was certainly the uh, the possession that we had and the fact we did pretty much nothing with it in the final third. I mean, crossing was woeful. It wasn't maybe until about the last ten minutes we started to get some half decent balls in the box. Um, obviously, we scored and then. They had a, a save and stoppage time, their keeper. When, with the one really good delivery we get into the box. But that's certainly something that we need to work on. Um, by working to a year better yesterday. I said last week, though, I was talking about um, the players that we had to bet on the bench and the players we could bring off the bench. But then on Thursday, it was the other side because we went a wee bit attacking and played most of our attacking players. And then on the bench, there was very little to kind of change it. Um, I still think that we need another winger. Um, as an alternative to Hayes and McGinn, if either of them are not in forward, either if they're injured, uh, that's something that I think we're certainly lacking. I'd like, we'd, we'd like to see addressed before the end of the transfer window. And then at times, we can maybe be a wee bit pedestrian in the centre of the park if Jack and Flood are playing, because neither of them maybe get the ball forward quick enough. But, well, I assume we went out, but hopefully improve next year. I think teams from the likes of Kazakhstan, they wouldn't have been that long ago that you'd been talking at this, you know, ultimate humiliation type of thing. But because of the money point of these teams, you've got the likes of Karabag and um, Kairat. You know, they've they've got resources which are obviously beyond some of well, a lot of our yeah. teams. So I don't think it's uh, I don't think it's a, a huge a huge blow as such. Obviously, Aberdeen would have wanted to go through. I think the frustrating thing, well, what I would have gathered from listening to bits on the radio, was that they didn't go for it. Quicker they and Willie Miller was pretty scathing actually. Um, he he felt that Aberdeen deserved to go out and they just didn't have enough about them in attacking areas until the last Aye. fifteen minutes. Which I possibly got really on a wee bit earlier. Um, it even weighed a wee, wee bit after he scored. But I, th- I think the ball was bossed when they scored. To be honest, you, you can't to get in like that. You I don't know. But I, I don't think they looked that great a team. I never seen. I never saw the Rejecha games because I'm on holiday, but. From most of Aberdeen, the boys that were at the games, even though we kind of beat them quite comfortably, but scoreline wise, most of them said that the Jacob were a far better side than Kyra. Yeah, well, I assume uh, the coefficients uh, would agree because it was uh, the Jacob were the decided team and when you got them and when you got drawn against uh, Kyra Almai. So I don't even think that them scoring first, I suppose it's a bit of a difference having to then get two, but I think. The, I, think the we one were, thing I, was, I think we were capable of doing it. Um, it just was final. I mean, final third. We just weren't good enough. It was a bit like when we played Celtic um, first half against Celtic. 
at Parkhead in the game we eventually lost 4 0. But I mean, the first half against the Kyrat on Thursday, we, we dominated it. Um, but just the final third wasn't quite there. So I think the goal came at a time, though, where it, it did give you an There was still over half an hour left. Yeah, it exactly. Just, it didn't seem to get. It, I've been in a position so many times when I've been at Hearts games and I, I hate that time when you go for it too late though and then you get a goal and Aberdeen almost scored a winner as well but well, what would have taken it to extra yeah, time. Quinn hater, yeah, Quinn header, yeah. Quinn. It always frustrates me when you know you go for it and then suddenly the other teams start going all over the place, they get shaky, you get a goal or you almost get the goal you need or whatever and it's like, well, why didn't we do that? I thought an hour gone when it went 1-0 it should have went like Aberdeen should have went hell for leather and I wasn't watching I was only listening to the radio but it didn't seem that way from what I was listening for a good well, 15 uh, minutes after it see the one thing about the first half we did kind of go for it it just was the quality wasn't there in the final third so it could be that in the first half we maybe put a wee bit too much into it because we kind of said we don't need to go gun hole we need to be a wee bit cautious and then you see the lineup, and uh, McGinn was playing Paul was playing McLean was playing Hayes was playing Goodwill was playing, so it was a pretty attacking lineup. Um, but I don't know, maybe we've played that many games, be a bit tired, possibly, in the second half. But, but we never, it's a bit different though to previous campaigns where we're doing a while back, where we were embarrassing ourselves to teams against teams like Sligo and Marlock and Scott Riga and stuff like that. I still think we're progressing as a team, I think. For us to have got into the group stages would have been a great bonus, but then again, would we have had the squad? squad do we have the squad to compete on both fronts? If we're hoping to still maybe make a challenge, because we've maybe not got as big a squad this year, but we certainly have again got a stronger, maybe fifteen, sixteen players. Yeah. Um, they are do you think McKinnis a bit? I was going to say, do you think he's been? Overly cautious sometimes in a couple. Of, I, I know there was obviously the great Raika performance, but it, one one win and that was the only win out of six games. Was, I don't was think it... he's overly cautious uh, because, as I say, is the, the lineup he had on Thursday uh, was pretty attacking. Was Ryan, just, Jart, it... Ryan Jart was only. It was just. It generally was in the final third. There just wasn't the quality. Plus, as well, Goodwill is a really good player in Europe because. He does a bit more work than what Rooney will do, but could well he's yet to convince us that he's going to score. He's going to score much for us. He does a lot of good work, likes up play really well, but he's not scoring goals. Do you know what the real and problem it, is? The real problem is the teams you're playing the weekend, they're they're not quick enough, they're not clever enough yeah. to challenge you. So you're not prepared. That's what That's it is. What it is. Well, to be fair, Derek McInnes did make that point out in the <laughs> Aberdeen played Rahika, so... I mean, it's, it's a fair point. I mean, more people should make that point. Um, but no, I don't think he's overly cautious. I just think maybe that, as I say, we don't. We maybe just don't have. We need maybe a couple more players. I think I still think we need a wide player and an striker because I think Goodwill, as much as he puts in a lot of work, links up play well. He's he's a shadow of the player to what he was when he was at Dundee United first time round. Um, for whatever reason, don't know, don't know why. Because at Dundee United, when he was first there, even though he had his attitude problems when he was there, he was scoring goals, looking good, looked a really good prospect. Maybe we should have started Rooney, but I don't know. Don't know. There was I seen people say as well about the fact that sometimes Rooney doesn't play in the big games, but 
You're four to one to sign Juanma anyway, so yeah, maybe you get him. Celtic are two to one, believe it or not. I don't know how that's. I don't know how that's. I do not know how that started already. Sign Juanma win. I don't know why Labricks are doing this. I think Labricks are just trying to troll Hearts fans. But they've got odds for Juanma to. Celtic to be Juanma's next club is now two to one. What's that all about? They're at the bam up. See, you need a more reputable sort of uh, bookie, like my bookie. Yeah. I would hope, though, that Stuart Mill still lets McInnes get in another couple of players, but I don't know whether it might have been dependent on us maybe getting into group stages. I think you were asking a lot to get into group stages, even if you got past Kyra Almaty. You were, you were going to be unseeded in that playoff. Well, they got boys, so big so teams. Yeah, see, difficult, really difficult. Uh, but I, I don't know if. I'd like to see maybe Milton give him a bit more back and maybe try and sign another player. There's still talk that uh, Stevie May and it might go and there's maybe a player that's going to go right to the end of the window. So, see what happens. Yeah, there's always business that's done towards the end of the window because nobody it's... wants to spend any money so they can get away with it. Especially, think... especially when you're us and we might get Champions League football, we might get Europa League football depending on how it goes. Yeah, but plus, they never want to risk it and then players maybe want to come to the big stage and don't want to come to the big stage if they don't make it and well, it's just a nightmare it's teams down south as well getting their squads finalised but you, you think as well I mean we've managed to get Danny Ward on I don't like loan players are not ideal but they do a purpose maybe for a year you would think there'd be more more decent under 20 players down south that would come up to the SPL and play there instead of going to maybe a league one club down south because they've got, a, yeah. as we said last week, they've got a chance of maybe at least winning a trophy or playing kind of big games against Celtic. Well, you know? That's what we've tried to. I think that's one of our tactics with a few players, the likes of Oshaniwa, the likes of Juanma. Is you're selling it as a as a potential stepping stone if you want to progress your career. And we've got them on three-year deals, and um, I I think it's a, a decent way to go you know you're never even Celtic are a selling club when it comes to England if someone's yeah. good enough so why not I mean get them in if, if they can make money then when they do a job while they're here then oh if, if Juanma obviously it's two games but if by the end of the season he's got 15-20 goals and someone pays us a million pound for him obviously this is all hypothetical then why not if he does, go, yeah. does well for us gets you money in. and the same goes for any player who two teams bring in I think it's exactly I mean, as a loan signing, a one-season loan might it can sometimes be not much different to signing a player because mm-hmm. I could be talking there about Juan Mars and its club. I mean, he could be there a season, then go. Yeah. So I, think, I think the thing with loan signs, I think you're looking at trying to get something more complete, I suppose. I think the problem is sometimes you see a lot of these loans and I don't think, uh, well, I know for a fact, some of them certainly, there isn't any scouting done on them and it's just the fact that an English team will, you know, you punt you a player, here you go, here's someone from our reserves and it gives them a game. But you don't want to develop a player if he's not if he's not going to be adding to your team, do you? You don't want to be developing players for other teams for no reason at well, all. I'd, you don't want to be developing against the old cost of your own players. But yeah, then exactly, the, yeah. pro- the problem is that, I think I mentioned last week, our under-20s won the league last year. But yet, how many, look at how many of them got released yeah. and how many of them are likely to feature that season. Shankland. We very rarely have... Uh, Folk coming through the ranks of fact, Ross County yeah. seem to benefit more from their youth policy than we do. I've criticised Celtic before for it, but then but I look last year, the team we had, you've got Shankland who's on the periphery, probably is going to go out on loan. Cammy Smith looks a good prospect, but he's in a, he's up against Paul at McLean. 
And then we had Knarnarka put on the bench last uh, on the weekend. Story, who was out on loan last year, probably just on the bench because they've still got that under twenty one deal, haven't they? With the bench, yeah, you can. Um, and then Scott Wright, games. Scott Wright, who's eighteen, he has a white player, but possibly maybe a bit too early for him to be in the first team squad. So, I think then the thing is, like we we obviously had to develop all well, sorry, promote all of our. 20s and then what that happened was we didn't have a 20s team anymore so our 20s have been um, poor for a while but we've had to actually, I think we had some games where we had 2 or 3, 14 and 15 year olds having to play against teams who had a few overage players playing so that we're actually our under 20s have been decimated by the fact that we had to use them all in the first team so we're only just trying to replenish their ranks now yeah, but I don't know. Stop trying to go down to championship. But not going down to championship to like get young players coming through. Okay. We we tend to we're actually looking at we loan them out a lot of them and then play them, you know, play them in the twenties as well. But I think it does still have that effect. I don't think our twenties will be great again this season. But yeah, what's the point in having a great twenties team? I suppose if none of them ever, none of them ever come through. But um, yeah, it's just, it's like what you say. It's a it's a tricky one, isn't it? Because you 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 want the you want the quality, but you don't want to, um, you want quality. But if if you get loan deals in, then are you always going to get the, the sort of finished article? But yeah, I suppose yeah. the way to get players, I mean, wage wise, we don't always hear about it. But you you know, some of the ones you do, it's often a quarter of the wages getting paid. That even in some cases, like Danny Wilson, I don't think we're paying any of them because he was on about twenty grand a week at Liverpool. <laughs> we were never going to afford that. But the the under twenty link's a bit harsh anyway. The fact that basically players are discarded at 20 you're not good enough yeah and I know maybe I don't know maybe I, some players you know they've got it at an early age anyway they can be 16, 17 you just know they're going to make it but 20 maybe a bit young to say you're not good enough I don't know it's hard well, to say well I, th- I think the problem yeah. is that there'll be people will write people off like players off even before that like I mentioned earlier Greg Stewart who was before he was even 16 yeah. Been told by Hearts that he was uh, too small. Same with David. I mean, David Templeton. I know he's fallen away now, but there was obviously times when he was told he was too small, which it, I always think is a bizarre thing to be told. Fair enough, you might not be good enough, but to be told that no, you're just not, you're not big enough, and you're a winger. So well, what do you want? A nice. six foot five? Yeah. Like a, a what do you want? What do you want to call it? Shit house. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well done, sense on yourself, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> No, the one, the one that always makes me laugh is uh, my dad always tells me that Rangers once told Kenny Douglas he was too small. Oops. Yeah. Oops. Right, we should probably move on because we're, we're, we're getting times yeah. marching on and we've discussed pretty much everything apart from the two Celtic goals <laughs> for Sunday, which... Yeah, he wants to talk. Well, the the, the technique like for Rodgers' goal was a cracker and the fact yeah, Rodgers was even on the park in the first place was unusual. I forgot about him. I forgot, I forgot about, about him. him. Yeah, I saw it's the come up with a goal. <laughs> Is it one of those that's like a new signing? Oh, I'm not even going into that cliche. <laughs> but no, it was a, he, he took his goal well. It was, it was a really good finish. Awkward to hurt. But uh, yeah, right in the corner of the net. So. He's quite a big lad. He is. Yeah, he is, he's quite a big guy. He's obviously not too small for a football player. <laughs> no. But yeah, so we'll, we'll we'll move on and we'll, we'll discuss the, the the charity bit because we've already mentioned how it failed this week. So we've got a plan for this week, John. Oh yeah, I'm guessing oh, it's, I guess it involves them Fairman and their six one thrashing it of uh, Breaking City. Squad, 
he scored, I think, already scored first in all three games that Dunfermline have played this season. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I was going to try and pronounce his name, but we'll just say uh, <laughs> uh, L. The striker. L back to yeah, like, yeah. But he could be a good bet. The fact that he's got, ah, uh, he scored first three times. Maybe asking him to score four in a row is too much. But I don't know. Did Fairman pretty pretty good in that league? You know what? Better option the Dale Housen because at least he'll play. He will play. <laughs> um, I didn't even look at who Did Fairman were playing. To be fair, though, they're at home just... at Cowden Base. They're at home. That's important. Oh, thing. a wee derby. Aye. that's all right. <laughs> Let's go for it. So, that, that was my shout in my say anyone else is get anyone else. You know what, it's based on some fact. That's that's good enough for me. Let's <laughs> say it's, it's better than Dale Wilson, no starting and no getting goals. So I will go well back to Air Dunn Fairman for the, the first they've already, they've already pumped Cowden Beath as well this season. An interesting 5-1 scoreline, we always like to mention those. And uh, L back to he scored first in that one as well, so... Alright, right. so. Yeah, okay, we managed to shoehorn in that 5 1 reference, well done. <laughs> yep, always. Right, is there anything that catches your eye for the lower leagues? Well, we're we not going to wait until we do bet, predictions. We're just going to wait and do the predictions because we've got a stack of predictions to do. Yeah, I've got a stack of predictions to do. Because we've got midweek, uh, two games on Tuesday, three games on Wednesday, and Aberdeen have got a week off. They were due to play. Hamilton. Hamilton. So Hamilton always had a week off as well. Uh, but you will be back on Saturday. When we've got yes. six three o'clock games on Saturday. Aye. Uh, yeah, the, the Fitcher man's obviously messed up there. He's made a mistake. Is he? I don't know. But just the fact that when's it's not it's not often now you get six games at three o'clock on a Saturday now. Next three weeks. No, actually, actually, it is three o'clock on Saturday. I was just wondering if Craig had put it on. No. But no. Two of the next three weeks, sorry. Two of the next three weeks have got in two weeks time uh, well the two weeks on Saturday's time is all three o'clock on Saturday the 29th as well so nah, you can tell the English football's back eh? <laughs> what, why are, what, here's a question for Craig who does the, the, the website work why is the heart strip smaller than everybody else's because well, they've got smaller players <gasps> that's what it is this won't be, this won't be a football team right because <laughs> right. they're all one or twenty let's get to these predictions because they're going to take us about half an hour now we have a Dundee derby that will kick us off on Tuesday night. Dundee United versus Dundee. I'm going. I'm going 2-0 Dundee because I get the impression they'll probably dominate the game, but we'll take they'll, they'll struggle to score goals again. Three-one Dundee. Uh, I will go for Dundee United now. Dundee one. Usually we do the odds, but because there's so many games, we won't bother. No bother. Dundee might be worth a bet then. If you want to. No, we're not going to do Tuesday. Right, we'll leave it to the weekend. Aye. That'll ruin the week. Uh, right, second game on Tuesday night is St Johnson versus Ross County. And I will say. Trying to um, start first? I was going to say one apiece, but yeah, go for it. Oh, well, that, no, that's alright. That ties in nicer with that. Uh, St Johnson have thrown their last four home games. Oh, one apiece, definitely. <laughs> no, it's about to come to an end then. Um, I thought St Johnson looked pretty poor at the weekend Inverness seemed to have much the better their game against them which I don't even think we talked about um, <laughs> No, we, 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 we should seen that Oh yeah, oh, I ignored it completely I think 
Ross County are going to sneak this one. I'm going to go 2-0 Ross County. Oh. No, I'm, go- I'm going with the form. I'm going with 1-0 as well. Alright, moving on to the Wednesday night games. We'll start off at Tinkerso, Hearts versus Motherwell. Ah, Motherwell's bubble seem to burst already, doesn't it? <laughs> let's, let's go with... I'm going to go 2-1 Hearts. 3-0 Hearts. I want a clean sheet, right? I've had the entertainment. I want our defence to have a, a cracker. No more tinkering. 3-0. Juanma. Juanma oh. one 3 do you know what's annoying as well? The fact we're not doing bloody midweek games. Uh, I'm, I'm going Hearts as well, right? Hearts are 10 to 11. I know. Which is I a fantastic price. I was very surprised at that. That is a fantastic price, I think. surprising. That's, that's one for you. Uh, that's no better uh, I'll go Hearts 3-1. Alright, the second game of Wednesday night, Inverness versus Party Thistle. That's the Thistle derby. <laughs> That's not a thing. thing, no. That's, that's, that's even less a thing than new form. Right. Um, I have no idea about this one. I'm going to... I'll do a Paul Band, aren't we? Nothing each. Nothing each? Yep. That doesn't sound too surprising, to be honest. I mean, I have to say, Inverness impressed me more than I thought they would at the weekend. I, I, I really fancy them to be a bottom six team this season, but they seem to get it together a little bit. Against St Johnston, Ryan Christie looks a sharp wee player. Um, good player from last season as well, obviously kicking on. Um, I'm going to go Inverness 1 Park nil. Yep, that's how I was going to go as well. Party Thistle are playing that kind of pretty on centre back pairing as well. So They've got Pogba! <laughs> yeah, they have got Pogba, but he's not playing centre back, so uh, Inverness 1 0. <laughs> so you've got more confidence it'd be a goal in this than Abel, but only a goal. Fantastic. Right, the final midweek game is, well, if you think it's been bad for Kamarnock so far, they're hosting Celtic. <laughs> I'm, going, I, I'm, I'm almost inclined to just go 2-0 the entire season now, because I've had 2-0 I've had for Celtic in both teams, and I've got three points in the for it. But uh, no, I think I'm going to go with 3-0, because I still think we're not quite firing all cylinders yet, but we, we should cuff Kamarnock. If we don't cuff them, there's something seriously wrong. So I'll say 3-0. Are you I'm going for another 5-0, Laurie? I am, I was going to say it, because it'll work at some point. It's about to work at some point. 5-0, Celtic. Uh, yeah. I'll go for Kilmarnock now, Celtic 4. See, in talking of predictions, by the way, see, last week, I managed to get four correct predictions out of six. Correct scores. If only I had that one in the bookies. That's very, that's very good. That's that was, that was very impressed with it. I think I got one result, that was about <laughs> Oh no, well, obviously I got the Celtic game right, but I'm thinking this Saturday had only one result, it wasn't even the correct score. Hey ho, right. We'll move on to the Saturday games now, so this is better the potential for the bet. I've not thought it's far ahead, Jesus. I'll maybe, I'll maybe look at the odds then for this then. We'll talk about the odds for us. Ah, that's going to count, maybe. Worth it, yep. First game on the predictor is Celtic versus Inverness. This was a 5 0 at the end of the season, but the Inverness were uh, preparing for the cup final, so. Things have changed a bit since then. I will go... I'm going back to my 2-0 Celtic, I think. 3-0 Celtic. Uh, I'll go for 2-1 to Celtic. And there's no point even touching Celtic at home, so... But Celtic are 1-4. The draw's 5-1, Inverness is 11-1. Right, 
so wasted time on this one then. Waste of time. Yeah. Second game on Saturday, Dundee versus St. Johnson. Dayside Derby. Got a fancy a home win here. Yep. I will go another 2 0. Um, yeah, like I said, that 2 0 Dundee. I'll, I'll, I'll dig that. I will go for 2 1 to Dundee. Uh, Dundee are pretty good odds at home for that match. They're 75. What's oh, good? The draw is 12 to 5, and St. Johnson are 19 to 10. I think Saints look pretty uh, pretty ropey at the back against us. We threw them a few times, and then uh, certainly the game against Inverness it looked like they were under the cosh. A lot looked like Inverness could have been out of sight, but at times St Johnson got a late equaliser. So Dundee, very attacking team. I mean, if Dundee go at them like they, they did at the start of the game against us, could see them getting a couple in the first half. So yeah, I, I fancy those odds. They start taking their chances. That's the key. If they do, they could be a really good team this season. Yep. I think Paul McGowan's got his tag off as well. At <laughs> <laughs> oh, three o'clock Saturday, it's fine. He's allowed to play. Um, okay, next game on Saturday: Hamilton Ackies versus Dundee United. Uh, one 0 away, one. I was thinking the same. Make it three out of three. Then why not? Hamilton don't seem that great. Dundee United uh, didn't, I didn't expect to get a win at the weekend but obviously none of us did <laughs> so uh, yeah I think it could be 1-0 Dundee United what's your I, still don't, I still don't know I still don't know whether I would trust him for the charity event mind you no, uh, but Hamilton nah. are 74 the draws 5-2 and Dundee United are 64 so I'm pretty sure Dundee United let us down a few times last season I wouldn't touch that one no. possibly it's, it's worth keeping in mind though ok next game Motherwell versus Aberdeen 2-0 Aberdeen Oh, I didn't think to go away the same. Aberdeen will be hopefully a bit rested after the wee midweek break. So, yep, Motherwell 2. Sorry, Motherwell 0, Aberdeen 2. Yeah, Aberdeen don't concede on a whole lot of goals. Ugh. Why not? Yeah, 2-0 sounds good enough. <laughs> uh, Motherwell are 14-5, the draws 13-5, and Aberdeen are 20-21. So, pretty decent price. Not bad, though. Even just a double might be alright with Aberdeen and Dundee. Could be. Heart. Well, well, well. Oh, we're not going hearts because they're Wednesday, are we? Yeah. Uh, oh, my you, we're all just hearts at Ross County. Oh, no, no. Right. Before we get to that, Partick Thistle versus Kilmarnock. Yep. Can both teams lose again? Uh, that's just going to go. We'll it up. I will go 2 1. Just come on up, score at some point, I suppose. So, it's, yeah, fancy come on up to score. Yep. Jeez. I'm gonna go nil nil. I think. <laughs> I think. I was tempted. <laughs> I think. I think Locke's gonna try and get them to be solid, as he says at the back, and they're not gonna produce much come forward and park. This will don't have much, but I'm just gonna go nil nil. Both teams to cancel themselves out with each other. Just, just being generally rubbish. I'll go for party thistle one Kilmarnock nil. I was quite surprised though, see at the weekend uh, that they were obviously they're struggling for goals and Chris Durland never came on. Never I think Chris Durland's been their top scorer for the last couple of seasons. Nobody saved them because they thought like Celtic were getting dominated as that is. So but, we played about 75 minutes in their half. <laughs> Ryan Stevenson started up from The man of many tattoos. Yeah, uh, but party has are 20 to 21 and draws 13 to 5, Comodica 11 to 4. Right, final game of the weekend, Ross County versus Hearts. 
Two one hearts. Same score there as the last time we visited there when Scott Robinson scored the winning goal, which was uh, bizarre. Don't see that very often. Um, it's a tough one. It's a tough one. I like Ross County. They're dangerous. I don't like doing this after. I don't know what we could get. We could uh, get our bubble burst by Motherwell in the week, and it could be all doom and gloom. <laughs> but you no, know but what? Well, <laughs> it's it's not set in yet. So I'm going to go three one hearts. I know what you mean. No, I don't like the midweek and then fall on up on the Saturday try to do the predictions because when you say anything could happen in the midweek. Uh, I'm going to go two all. Uh, Ross County are seventy four. Draws five to two, and Hearts are sixty four. I wouldn't touch that one. Home bother well, yeah, but nah, it's a bit. bit I, think Ross, I think Ross County could could be a wee, a wee outside bet for top six. Mm, maybe. I'm not entirely convinced by that, but you never know. I think there'll be. I think there'll be. I know it's again famous last words, but I think they'll be away from the likes of Kilmarnock and Hamilton. I think they'll be much better than those two teams. Right. What did we have from another one, Aberdeen? No, Dundee and Aberdeen, sorry. Yeah, Dundee and Aberdeen. Ten pound and that's forty-six, eighty-six. If we look at lower leagues, I think. I think we could look at lower leagues, but we could not seem to have everything in there yet. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Because I, I was hoping for Dunfermline because I thought that'd be a good bet against Cowden Beast having already beat them. They've only got seven games. Yeah. There's no cup games like that this weekend. It's all league fixtures, isn't it's it? Like, yeah. There's no like daft cups no, or anything. It's just definitely no, it's definitely league one or league two. Rangers uh, at Alloa, but that's not till Sunday. Mm-hmm. And they don't have a, a good record there. But uh, uh, Dunfermline, I, I would get all over Dunfermline, whatever odds they are. Mm-hmm. don't know if you've got the odds yeah. there. No, it's only, there's only seven games out of all leagues. They've got odds for us now for some reason. I would certainly throw them in home. I think Cowden Beath are expected to, you know, topple dramatically after obviously being a division above. And uh, Dunfermline put one, put six goals past, as you mentioned before, breaking at the weekend. They put five past Cowden Beath the, just over a week ago. So Dunfermline home with Cowden Beath, I would fancy that. What about Easter Road? Fancy that? 91. Nice. <laughs> I certainly wouldn't no. trust Hibs right now after the weekend, no. so... I wouldn't have put it in the chat, but it's a... Yeah. 91 for Morton at Eastern Road is tasty odds. Give, yeah, Morton apparently played quite well against Falkirk at the weekend. How about this? Dunfermline are only just below evens elsewhere at the moment. I don't know what McBookie will have on that, but just for a... You know you know that bookies are all... That'll give you a guide then, aye. You'll get four or five at a few places, so I think that's pretty reasonable for Dunfermline after playing a team that they put five past nine days ago right. I, mean, I, 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 I think we'll, I think we'll go Dundee Aberdeen Dunfermline I know we can't we'll, 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 we'll go a treble we can't tell you what the odds will be because we don't have Dunfermline in the uh, bookies website at the moment but what, do you want the rough ones? we'll get that later on so I'll give you the rough ones if you want because obviously they'll be similar best like best odds in those three so what is it um Sorry, I'm stealing your job here, Jamie. <laughs> Jamie? No, no, I I only get the odds for the games, and then usually Chris or Craig would come up with the ah, right. uh, the totals. Right, certainly. So, fine, well, right. At the moment, you get about you get just under eight to one on Aberdeen. So we're saying Dundee beats and Johnson, Aberdeen to beat Motherwell, and the firm be kind of beat. What, what, what get, were you saying? Was it the firm on Odds elsewhere? Odds. Yeah. 
about evens. Just under evens. Four or five you're getting best odds at the moment. Obviously, McBookie might not have quite that, but they'll have something similar. So I think you should get seven to one, certainly, which is you see, good, I think. Yeah, I think yeah. we'll win that one. We'll I don't see why not. I think we're all pretty confident that's the kind of thing it'll be. Yeah, I think Dunfermline I'd be very confident in. I mean, Aberdeen, it's, it's away from home and Motherwell don't seem dreadful, so there's always a risk, but you would still fancy yeah. them. Yeah, Aberdeen's a decent, so like a good bet to me. Let's go with that. And obviously Dunfermline as well. Well, I say, we, we don't know what it'll be, because it's only 40 odd quid for Dundee and Aberdeen, so we can minus the stake. It drops every 30, but. Aye, we'll oh, go with the treble. The firm on Aberdeen, Dundee, all on Saturday, not midweek. So, yep. that sounds good to me. And once we know the odds, I'll tweet them from the SFF podcast uh, Twitter account. Alright then. I think that's us, unless there's anything else that we may have missed. No, we won't speak about oh. John Collins, will we? Nah, we, we, <laughs> we alluded to it earlier on. It's probably the best left alone, to be honest. <laughs> Everyone's entitled to their opinion, especially when it's that kind of opinion which seems to be echoed elsewhere already by people like Derek McInnes. <laughs> for then Derek McInnes to come out and swipe him for it. <laughs> yeah, let's not talk about it. No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, well, thanks for listening, guy, everybody, and uh, thanks for coming on, guys. No problem. And we will talk Cheers. to you again next week. Alright, night. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Thank <laughs> you.